Good good morning. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about ghosts today? We better be ready to talk about ghosts today. Absolutely. I feel one in here. Oh, there's many ghosts around yeah. this place all the time. I get them all the time. But I wanted... To, I'm Donna. I'm Rebecca. And my name's David. And I wanted to talk a little bit about ghosts. And I know there's a lot of popular views about ghosts. And I, and we can talk about all of them. I just wanted to start with uh, kind of what I think about ghosts, which I think is a little different than some other people do. So I just wanted to start there. I uh, Since, you know, a big part of my work is doing clearing work, and uh, I and I talk to spirits, I work with spirits, I um, kind of, I'm not exactly a medium, but I do some medium kind of work where I get messages from spirits to share with other people. And so is this at the grocery store or during the reading? Or when, <laughs> when did you get these messages? Everywhere. I got on the plane one time. I was on a plane and the lady sitting next to me, her like grandma came and like visited with us the whole time. And so I'm just telling her all this stuff that her, I'm trapped on a plane with her and her ghost, you know. <laughs> was was she open to that? That's oh amazing. yeah. She wow. was. That's really, but that's it, really it was, interesting. The ghost definitely knew, like, I was, uh, you know, captive audience, so it was telling me plenty, plenty to share with her. So <laughs> spent the whole flight doing that. <laughs> it <Okay>. was fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. So I really want to differentiate between, um, well, so ghost is sort of a catch-all term, right, for a lot of different spirits. And and what I want to talk about real quick first is that I think there is two basic types of spirits. Um, from Besides people, alcohol, right? Yeah. <laughs> from, <laughs> from people that have died. Because there's a lot of other kind of, uh, you know, beings out there besides that but from people who have died there's two kinds there's the kind that are sort of trapped on the planet they have i mean they, on on the earth they haven't crossed over yet they don't for whatever reason they haven't done that and then there are the kind that have crossed over and then come back to share information and i think for me being kind of the work that i do with the clearings and all of that I, my goal is always, always to cross them over. So if, if a spirit comes to me that has not been crossed over yet, I don't really have a lot to talk about with them. There was a famous quote somewhere, I, I don't remember who it's from, I'm sorry, but it was, you know, just because they're dead doesn't mean that they're, you know, smart or whatever. Right. <laughs> Just because they're dead doesn't mean they have a lot of wisdom or whatever. I think only spirits that have crossed over and come back to talk to us have, have, have the wisdom. Yeah. So I don't really have a lot to talk about with a spirit that hasn't crossed over. My main goal is to get them to cross over. And I can usually tell pretty quickly. Some spirits try to pretend like they have. That It's funny, but they do. And... Um, but still, my goal is always to cross them over. And I think spirits, sometimes when a person dies, there's a lot of reasons why they might stay earthbound. 
Um, they are afraid for some reason that, uh, you know, if they learn that they might go to hell, you know, they don't want to open the door to find out which it is, right? Um, you know, things like that. Or they died suddenly, they're confused, they don't know what happened, they think they're still alive. Um, when my kids were younger, we actually went up to a the cemetery up by Red Rocks. It's a old um, cemetery. We got permission to go in there, which you really can't do a lot. Uh, but for whatever reason, this group I was with got permission to go in there and kind of do a ghost hunt. But <laughs> which like, you hate that term. I do hate I that. I know term. you hate that term. <laughs> I do, and people hate to take me on their ghost hunts because I cross the ghosts over. I don't um, play. I don't let them play with the ghosts. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm not into the whole paranormal, you know, thing, ghost hunting. Um, it's just not a thing for me. But but anyway, we went to the cemetery, and there was uh, two of my boys and I went, and, and we found the spirit of this little girl, and she had been wandering around um, trying to find her parents. She didn't even know she was dead, really. And when we looked at her gravestone, it was more than a hundred years since she had died. So she was wandering around in that graveyard looking for her parents because she didn't even know she was dead. Mm -hmm. And for a spirit, time passes like that, you know. So how long was a hundred years in the the energy of spirit? I don't think, I think, I think that's one of those areas where time as we think of it as in our human form is linear, but Time really isn't yeah, linear. It's almost all. like expansive and retractive, depending on right. Mm-hmm. It almost is like a energy. Yeah, time is a human construct. Yes. Yeah, the spirit world doesn't necessarily know about time. <laughs> so in the so are you saying in the spirit world everything happens at the same time and we're just jumping dimension? Yeah, I yeah, I really believe that. I mean, it's it's hard for us to conceptualize that because of our human brains, mm-hmm. but um so I'm not sure. I'm not saying I fully understand it because I think I'm still locked into my human understanding, but yeah, pretty much everything happens of, yeah. all at once. Right. And then we can deconstruct it with our brains. Like yeah. as a, with our human brains we we get given the ability and the limitation Mm-hmm. of deconstructing these things and analyzing them in terms of comparison. So compared to now, time is, the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We compare, time is like a comparison with memories. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, mm-hmm. or I, like I, the building so. of a building. Like that that brick was there two days ago and now it's this high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. So anyways, when it comes to ghosts... I guess that's a whole other... It's a whole other bucket. Yes, That's it is. That's a whole other candy apple to bite. <laughs> yeah, right. and we should go there one of these times. I think Rebecca was planning that as a as a topic at some point. I know she is very interested in that topic. <laughs> so anyway, that's I want to just kind of get that out of the way first. Um, I I think uh, also, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, physics has proven proven that an object can exist in two at the same time. I mean, it's... Uh, it's almost indisputable now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And our perception um, determines where it appears to be at that time. Correct. 
So, so I, some, yeah. I feel like even people who reincarnate, they can still come back as a ghost in a sense to help you, you know, which I actually have a friend who passed away many years ago, um, who hung around as a spirit for a while. He crossed over, but he came back as a spirit to, to, I used to see him a lot. And then he was like gone for a while. And then he started coming back again, and he said, well, you know, he reincarnated, so. <laughs> Correct. So, um. Is he here now? He, he he's on, on the planet? planet? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, he showed me a picture of himself one time. That's, again, another story for another time. It was pretty, pretty awesome moment in my life uh, <laughs> when I found that picture. But, um, anyway, so I think... Uh, so I think of spirits differently, I think, than a lot of people. And it's mostly because of the work that I do. I'm pretty careful about it. And I don't... Um, so are we differentiating between ghosts and spirits? So let's just let's get clear on that real quick. Too? Is there a difference between ghosts and spirits? Since to, we were talking about ghosts. To me, no. And that's why I kind of just use the term interchangeably. I don't really talk about ghosts in general because I think that's more of a popular term that we've kind of coined for anything in the spirit world. Yeah. Um, so I'm speaking specifically about people who have died. Got it. Okay. And what they're, what's, what's left after that <laughs> when they leave their body. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I think I also have a different understanding of ghosts and spirits. Now, I want to go on record as saying I love a good ghost story. Absolutely <laughs> love a good ghost story. But I don't believe, uh, my, my understanding of how our spirit or consciousness works is a little different in okay. that I think that we just transition from one form to another. So I don't, I think that the human body is very, a very limited wrapper and that it has an expiration date on it and it goes for so long and then at the end of the time that it's good for, the energy has to leave that wrapper and go somewhere else. We do understand that energy cannot be created or destroyed, so we can't actually cease to exist. Like that energy that is our consciousness has to go somewhere else once it leaves the body. And I think once we become a conscious being not trapped in a meat suit, I think that we have the ability to communicate with other beings who are receptive to that communication. Now, I think as humans, from the time we're born, because the idea of any kind of interaction with anything supernatural or paranormal is so scary to the average average person, that we're taught from the beginning to, to stop seeing the things that I believe that we are born being able to see and hear in an inner act with mm-hmm. and sure. over time we shut that down so I think what changes is our humanness and our human understanding of that that energy but that energy remains constant oh, all the time yeah, absolutely it's just our ability to perceive it engage with it interact with it yeah so having that understanding of it means that when I encounter certain certain types of experiences that people might commonly think of as a, a spectral experience or a ghost interaction or whatever, it's not a scary thing for me and I don't think of it as a, 
as something evil, something evil, or something like is depicted on, you know, right. like Scooby Doo or the History Channel oh, or yeah. anything like sure. that. Sure. So it's just a little bit different for me. So I think that um, the next layer of understanding that I have that I would impart beyond what I just talked about um, with the spirits, it's very similar to what you're talking about, and I think. And I really tell people this a lot, especially when I do group readings or things like that. What I feel is that we are um, all one, you know, all energy. All the things that you just said about energy is true. And so what happens is is that um, because my belief in God as a... You know, to me, we've talked about that. God's not a, a, you know, guy in the sky with white beard and all that. But, but I do think there's some kind of creative force that's kind of larger than everything, than our understanding. And, um, and I think that human beings are kind of here to experience something that God kind of is interested in us experiencing, and that's fine. Um, so we're, we're humans, like you said, trapped in meat suits. So we're individuals, right? One of the mm-hmm. hallmarks of being a human being is being an individual. Right. And yet we really all are one. So I don't, I don't really believe that. Um, so I, I think about the spirits that haven't crossed over yet. They still think they're sort of, individuals, right? Right. And they still so, have their ego or, yeah. their, or their identity. Mm-hmm. Identity. Yeah. Right? And so once you go back to God, you you go back to the whole, the one, and all of that. But but I still believe they will come back as individuals for us because that's how we relate. So God, you know, wants to talk to us. God sends us, you know, our grandma because we can understand that energy. We're receptive to it. Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't think, and I think for, for, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's no different for us. I mean, like, it's our grandma, right? You know, so I don't really spend a lot of time differentiating and talking about it like that, right. but that is what I believe. I believe that we are all energy. And that these encounters really are just interactions with more energy. So, but I think just like yeah. us as humans having individual experiences, um, you know, there's other energies out there having in individual experiences as well. And that I think is where we get some of the more troublesome entities that play us sometimes that I clear, that yeah. I work with. Um, that I wouldn't call spirits, I just call them entities and dark entities or whatever. And there's, they're also playing some kind of individualistic game. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I find that really, that that's actually, I've never thought about it that way, that um, when we get a visitation from somebody um, that's passed over, I've had a lot of those in dreams, and mm-hmm. we can talk about that another time, visitation dreams versus regular dreams. Right. It's it's like this supernatural version of the person when they come mm-hmm. back. And so mm-hmm. it's very rarely just the the the, en- the energy of or the persona of the person that 
was here. It's almost like an elevated, mm-hmm. um, heightened version of who they are. Oh, so that makes yeah. me actually really yeah. see what you're what you're getting at as they're just kind of coming back in those forms so we can relate to mm-hmm. them. So that's really cool. That actually gives me a completely different perspective on visitations. Yeah. Actually, that it's more of a collective coming it, back it with a costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. That's how I see it. That's how I relate with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the kind of work I do all the time. So that's the experiences I have. Um, I'm not saying I'm the be all and end all, but that's just my personal experience. That's how I experienced that world. Well, as an empath your whole life, where you're kind of wired differently than a lot of people, I think there's a lot of value in that, in that, uh, um, Perspective. Perception, perspective, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I think it's interesting because I believe that each, each person or each, uh, personality, each consciousness has a completely unique experience of its own. And they've, on mm-hmm. the planet Earth, have done a lot of studies, especially recently, where they put a group of people into a situation where they had the same set of stimuli, and then they've interviewed each of those participants post the event. They had the exact same set of stimuli, mm-hmm. no matter how many participants. Every single one every had a completely different understanding and perception of what they witnessed. Oh, every yeah. single one. Mm-hmm. And so I think the true, I, I think the same thing is true with what we think of as our spirit form or our ghost form or whatever, whatever you want to call it. There was something you said a second ago that, that I kind of relate to and I I don't think I had this understanding before my mom passed away because I the only other really intimate um, spirit encounter that I had before my mother's passing was my grandmother's passing and that was like a, a whole different visitation, a visitation whole different yeah. experience than like with my mom. My mom had been uh, the last thirty years of her life had been sick to the, the point of being an invalid, and my dad was her full time caretaker, and so she she legitimately could not take care of herself, and she was very angry and frustrated and and bitter. all of the bitter that all this stuff as a mind. human yeah. on the planet, and then after she passed, like and we can talk about this on another podcast, but there is a thing about three days. Anyway, on the third day after she passed, a knowledge came over me that my mother had been released from the prison of her earth body Mm. and her earth restrictions Mm -hmm. and had assumed her natural state of being, which was one that was without restriction and without illness and without disease, and as a result was no longer angry, bitter, disturbed, Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, but was at peace and had returned to her loving state. And it was at that point that I was able to interact with my mom and make peace with her Mm -hmm. as opposed to her being here on the planet. And it wasn't something that I sought out or tried to, you know... Conjure. Exactly. Conjure up. It just happened, happened Mm -hmm. and I just, like... came into this awareness and it was very comforting and all of that. Right. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And that is why I don't I like I'm not afraid of death and I'm and when people pass, you know, I miss their human form and all of that. 
But I, I think I feel it a little differently than a lot of people, and that's why. Because I know darn good and well that after someone dies, we can actually have a better relationship in some cases. <laughs> than, they're, yeah, they're more fully realized. Uh-huh. So they're exactly. not limited in how they hear you or how you, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. they're willing to, their abilities to be more expansive. Right. Versus, nope, this is the way it is. Yeah, is exactly. More well, they're no longer limited by their human understanding. Right. So they're they're not working through the filters of being in the meat suit. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. So yeah. Once, once they've crossed involves. over, and to me that's that's and whatever that means, but it's that and and yeah, there's a thing about three days. I and and that's fine. Whatever it is, but once they've kind of stopped being trapped here. Uh, and as I said, some people who, who die don't go immediately. They still walk around like they're in their meat suit. Now, do they get pleasure? I'm very interested in that. Do they do that? Because I believe that some of them do that consciously. I've heard that, gosh, I miss cigarettes. I'm not going to give cigarettes or cigars or alcohol up. So I'm going to hang out yeah, as long as yeah, I can I to enjoy those that, things. Right? Yeah. I do. Or is it because they're um, unawares, or is it both? I I don't. I think if they knew, when I cross spirits over, it doesn't take a lot because I just show them a certain thing that about what it's like to go back to God, and that that's immediately their like. Most of the time, are just like oh. I didn't know I could feel like that, and they go, you know. But, um, so I'm not sure how much is conscious, but I do know that sometimes addictions and things like that can keep you tied, because when you die, if you don't really realize that you're dead, or or you died seeking that high or whatever, you may you may just stay here and continue to look for it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it's a conscious decision, like I'm not going to go back to God because I want my meth, but okay. but I think the drive to find that high can keep you here. Can keep you in your body yeah. consciousness. Yeah. Okay. And and I definitely think addicts who are earthbound once they die, um I've seen it. They so they cannot feel the same because they're not in their human bodies, right? Um, but what they do is they go kind of hang around other addicts and stuff like that. They keep trying to vicariously get that high. Okay, so they will hang out from the spiritual realm with addicts that are here, say in the a heroin mm-hmm. house, and mm-hmm. just hang out to try to vicariously live through that that high. And it's kind of crazy because I've seen many times an addict who passed um, will sort of haunt a person and kind of push them to do the their drug of choice or whatever, you know, kind of really whisper things in their ear or, you know. Give them a, a sense of uh, cravings mm-hmm. the whole bit. Yeah, because they want that high, and that's the only way they know how to get it is through someone else. Got it. But they're not... Their consciousness isn't thinking about God or going back to God or the light or any of that. Are they even aware that they can at the time, or are they just? I don't think so. Feet? I okay. don't. Th- I don't think it's. To me, I don't. I've never seen an addict that made a choice to stay away from God because they wanted their drug. Do you understand? Okay. Sure. Like I just think their drug becomes their God, so they don't even really know the other God is there. 
And eventually, is everybody crossed over? Um, you know, I don't know about that, David. I think, uh, you know, there's so, the spirit's energy is so interesting. The, I don't think that's a, that's part of the bigger question, the mystery that I have is like, mm. all the energy that's sold and, and everything else, there's so many forms it can take. So I'm not sure. Mm. You know, I don't know how to answer that. I do think we all come from one source. So probably eventually you go back. No matter. Well, and then that question of time. So they're, yeah, it, it's almost like they almost wouldn't, if we believe what we believe about time, they almost wouldn't have a choice but to cross over at some point. Yeah, I would think. Just because of the, of the energy of time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that that's another one of those places or areas that is purely interpretation. Like, that mm-hmm. is, that may be your understanding of it or your understanding of it, but that might not be the only answer. That might not be the only solution. Oh, sure. There may be as many different variations of what happens. Well, and I think you're as quite right. Ideas, and yeah. I think that's true with all of it. And that's right. why I never try to say that my interpretation is the interpretation. Right. I look at my experiences and I and I look at things through my lens. Right. And these are things that I have experienced and I feel sure of. Exactly. Be, in for myself. But I never say someone else's experience is wrong or not. It's just I look at it differently, that's all. And I think it's really cool that we're having this conversation <coughs> in this season. Mm-hmm. We've just passed over to fall or to mm-hmm. autumn. And the change in the weather and the change of, uh, daylight, say, daylight time, how quickly things, the light kind of darkens during mm-hmm. the day mm-hmm. is really good for contemplating these kind of things oh, and for yeah, recharging yeah. and it's that death and rebirth cycle. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, like the, the, the leaves on the trees are so beautiful mm-hmm. as they fall, mm-hmm. which is always a lesson how beautiful they are with, to let go of things. Mm-hmm. And then they turn a certain shade of brown, and then they wither away. And so that's this is a great like conversation to have during this season, I think, to oh, really yeah. contemplate what that is. level of existence while we're kind of going through this this decay and rebirth cycle. Yes. Yeah. And as I said, we can have many conversations about different entities and all of that, but I did want to, Rebecca, before we, before we started recording, I know you were looking up some different people's interpretations of ghosts and all of that, and I wanted to talk about poltergeists for just a moment, um, because I know everyone, well, a lot of people remember the movie Poltergeist. I mean, that was my probably my first horror movie, and I will tell you that it scared me good for many, many years. Um, <clears throat> but I have a different take on poltergeists as well. I don't necessarily think poltergeists are even spirits of people who've passed. I think um, my experience of poltergeists, it's, it's energy. Mm-hmm. It's an entity um, that's created out of energy. And where I've seen poltergeists is... I see it as emotional energy that takes on sort of a form in a life of itself. And honestly, some of the most dramatic poltergeists can come from angsty teenagers. Absolutely. (laughs) And we had, of course, you know, I raised a lot of boys. And one of the boys had a, you know, had a pretty heavy emotional life. And um, during some of his turmoil, 
that there was a poltergeist in our house and it it literally came after me while I was sleeping. I had a handprint on my arm bruise from from it. Mm-hmm. And it woke me up out of a dead sleep and I became aware of it and um and honestly at that point before that time, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and sleeping wasn't a great thing for me, but but um that night I confronted that poltergeist straight up and my guides came and talked to me about how to handle it and I did. And um and from that point on I've not been afraid because they they shared with me and then a lot of my healing work and stuff has come from that, but but that poltergeist, then, then it was explained to me what that was, and it was a poltergeist from the angsty teenager that was across the hallway from me. Wow. He had created this um, very angsty thing. And, and with the video games that he would play and the thing, and the, you know, kind of the world he lived in, in the dark world that he lived in emotionally during that time, you know, emo or whatever, um, that... Poltergeist got created and it, and it did. It left literal handprint on my arm from grabbing me in my sleep. Well, and I think you kind of bring up an interesting point there, and that is that, you know, the average living person assumes that the energy we contain is restricted to the confines Uh. of our layers of skin, Mm. when in reality, Energy is is not restricted to just our skin no. and bones. It mm. can be manifested outside of the body. It can Absolutely. take on a form mm-hmm. of its own. That's what my my whole philosophy on life, and this does have something to do with this, but not directly, is that we never fool anybody. Right. So we may we may our egos may fool our the other person's ego. But on a higher level, we're never fooling anybody because our energies are so connected. And whatever you put out, even just like when you leave the house, it's really important to be careful what you're emanating mm-hmm. or radiating mm-hmm. because people pick up on it. You can go into a grocery store and people can tell energetically whether or not you're welcoming or or oh, have definitely. a dark energy about you that day. Same thing on the road. Like, you go out, you leave the house angry, that is going to radiate outwards, and you're going to see a lot of chaos on the road. And anyone that tries to talk me out of that and say I'm insane, (laughs) I know by experience, and experience to me is just the trump card. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so how do you guys feel about that? No, I I 100%. And I've I've, I've played a lot with that kind of energy in my life, and I've seen the effects and stuff, so I'm I'm with you. And how quickly you can shift it. Oh, yeah. So if you're in a nasty frame of being, it's important to shift that as quickly as possible. Absolutely. In order not to attract some bad or really unpleasant experiences into your life and mm. to and to create... My whole thing is that, like, my life is one thing, creating an unpleasant experience, but I don't want to have this residue of unpleasant experiences yeah. from me going sticking to somebody else and creating that for them. Right. right. That I feel really responsible for my own energy because I do not want to affect other people in that way. Rebecca? 
What do you think? No, no, I, I totally agree with that. And that's a whole other, again, a whole other oh, yeah. podcast we could talk about. Well, it's that spirit. I mean, it is, yeah, right. it is a whole other thing. The energy of, of, <laughs> of our, of our personal vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot of offshoots from well, that. And but. guess what? I think, I mean, my belief, like what you said, is that our vibration attracts these unseen energies. Mm-hmm. They are positive. They can either be very, very positive in our perception or in, you know, feel positive. Maybe there is no positive or negative in the, in the bigger picture, but they can feel more uh, supportive or they can feel like they're destroying you. Mm-hmm. And that, so people that are constantly looking for a drug hit or an alcohol hit or whatever, they've got this programming in that, that if they don't get what they're getting or even the poison that's in them, right. they're attracting that in because of the the dirtier energy that they're emanating out. It attract like attracts like, including the spiritual world. I agree. I agree. Um, what about animals? I wanted to talk about animals. I had, I had a cat named Max when I was a kid and I kind of taunted this cat. I was not, I did not abuse the cat, but I taunted. You know, like kids do, kind of mm-hmm. gave it a hard time and, um, it, 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 my dad had to put the cat down several years later. It was probably eight or nine years later for just because it was not in good health anymore. Mm-hmm. But I would say when I was about 27, the cat came back to me in my dream, and it was a visitation dream, and let me know with it two different times, actually, thinking of it. In no uncertain terms was that okay that I taunted that cat. And it wanted me to apologize, Aww. basically. It, it was saying that it, it caused, it said, you caused me trauma. Mm. It did. It, the cat... Let me know, and it was that it was the the max. Right. You caused me trauma, and I want you to know that. And the, and there's a there's a cause and effect for that trauma that you caused, or that does that make sense? So Absolutely. I think it was him trying to teach me that there's cause and effect for any energy that we put out. And I deeply asked that what appeared to be my cat in the visitation dream for forgiveness. Yep. And after that, this. This incredible sense of peace and closure. So when we were talking about how we communicate with spirits after our physical lives, I truly, truly agree with that from experience. So maybe there is such a thing as closure. You know, if we didn't have closure with our parents or with our sister or brother or lover when they died, Tuning in and knowing where we're responsible for any pain or blessings mm-hmm. or grace that we that we gave to their lives, communicating with that to them and creating that closure. Yeah, I I think so, and that's that is I I think in that uh, how you said I think that is closure for me. That is where you can get closure, and I and as a as a reader. As a person doing clearing and stuff, you know, sometimes that is my message for the person sitting across from me. You're not going to get closure until they pass. You know, right. you're not going to get the relationship you want until they're already gone. That's a really, and that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to accept, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely the case. But I think absolutely. knowing some that people can just bring... Are not gonna 
uh, not going to shift this time around. Right, and I think that that can bring you more peace in the fourth, you know. Yeah, in the present. It did. It did for me. I mean, there's people who have passed out of my life who died, you know, that I knew I probably wasn't going to get that closure or that peace until they passed. And that actually made it easier for me while they were still here. Absolutely. No, I I can totally see where you're coming from there. And I want to back up a little bit to the the experience you just shared with us in making peace with your with cat. Max. And I guess I wanted to touch on, you kind of uh, inspired a, a thought there, is that I, I think that a lot of people think that it's only humans who have that consciousness or have a spirit or whatever. And in my understanding, in my experience, there is no difference between the consciousness we have and the consciousness our pets have other than the shape we've chosen to assume on this go round the rock. So I firmly believe, and I, I believe I've seen evidence of this, that the animals that we have in our world and that we have as pets a lot of time have a consciousness very much like the one we experience. And I, mm-hmm. because of the way my belief system is structured, I think it's entirely possible that when we transition out of this human form, we may choose on the other side to take the form of an animal to come back to the planet and have that experience. That mm-hmm. I feel like that is a, a choice that we get to make if we choose to have that experience. And so when you talk about having a day of reckoning with that spirit that felt mm-hmm. traumatized right. through the form of your cat. Right. I think that that is a very a very poignant representation of the fact that that it in my understanding could very well have been a conscious entity in the body of that cat. You're just seeing a cat when you're a little kid, but it's an actual full-size consciousness just like yours that was being Absolutely, affected. and I think I was even aware of it then, and I definitely, as a <laughs> child growing up, was more became more and more aware right. that because anim- animals are so empathic. We talk oh about being gosh. empathic, they about are. being able to feel what you feel. Animals can sense when people have good intent, and that's they what I mean. We're, room, we're emanating all this energy. Animals are really good at picking up on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a good, are you, do you have good intentions or, or, or resistant intentions and the animals can tell? Yeah, like when I people say, I trust my dog's feelings about you more than I trust my own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If my dog likes you, you're good. Yeah. You know? And so, so that's the thing is that, oh yeah, animals are very special. Very and they're so pure. I mean, they're the purity. They're not, yes, they can be manipulative, but in sweet ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. To get food well, and whatnot. Now, but. I, that they may be in sweet ways or they may be just assholes. Uh-huh. Because I have a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a cat right now. His name is Jimmy and it's so funny because I was just talking to Jimmy this morning and here's how conversations in my house go. Jimmy, nobody likes a murderer. This, I'm not joking, this cat has a very mischievous little personality, uh. and he literally tries to murder me in my sleep, and I'm not joking about that. 
Wow, and so this he, is interesting. So he like, has a whole other So he traumatizes you <laughs> he like traumatizes I, I traumatize my I, cat, but even more so. I have scars all over my body oh. from this otherwise loving cat to everybody else. <laughs> um, and this is a whole other podcast that we'll, we'll do another time yeah. as well. But I do believe that Jimmy has a full consciousness and is completely aware of his actions and is on purpose committing certain acts fully knowing how they're affecting the people in the house. Wow. So <laughs> I don't know why he's with us, uh, what, what what inspired that, and why he has such a chip on his shoulder right now. But, uh, yeah. So It's really cool. It. And let's not get into the politics of meat, but <laughs> I believe, you know, we eat meat. I'm a, I eat some meat. Mm-hmm. Um the way that we treat those animals and we treat them like conscious beings, I think it's so important to treat all living things like conscious beings. And I think, I'm hoping that that we have a podcast about millennials. And and I'm hoping that the new consciousness really, really uh, takes account of how important it is to respect life, even if we are consuming the meat of that spirit. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So I think it's so, I mean, gosh, how many, how long have we gone without doing that? And I think yeah. that there's a consequence for it. I agree. There's a consequence for treating other life. Oh, for sure. Whatever that life is for our Benefit without the awareness that it is also important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. Well, okay. Can, can I just bring it back to ghosts? For yeah. So I'm so glad you said that because I was going to say we're right about the halfway point on our podcast. And so now that we've really introduced our personal understanding of spirits and ghosts and all that stuff, let's talk about Ghosts. Okay. <laughs> this has been fascinating. I hope so. It, it is. Really sure oh, is. No, it think, is. Yeah. And there's so many more things to talk about for yeah. sure. But I, but I was thinking about animals and ghosts, animals, because we definitely have. I have uh, at least a couple old cats of mine are hanging around in ghost form. Um, when animals pass, they talk to me too. I, I can talk to. To animals that have passed up, you know, um, and yeah, so animals, I definitely see animal ghosts too. I see all kinds of ghosts. That's really cool. And I do, I think that, um, I agree with Rebecca in the fact that we are all conscious. I think animals have a different frequency of consciousness and even each individual type of animal too have a different awareness of of the frequency of the possibilities of the different types of perception. We all are one, but those, they have their unique way of looking at it and of experiencing it and of putting it out to the universe. You know what I mean? That, it's like that unconditional love that a dog has. Yeah. And I don't mean every dog. We're not talking about Cujo, right? <laughs> not this okay, episode. no Cujo today. <laughs> no Cujo. But, but when they greet you at the door, it's just the pure love. And human beings have a really hard time having unconditional love. So 
thank goodness we have those spirits and go and not ghosts, but those spirits with us. Oh, definitely. So I definitely we were talking about there's ghosts in here, there's spirits in 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 the shop and calling all angels. Mm-hmm. Yep, all the time. Um, we see we have we have all kinds of fun stuff with the spirits, don't we? We do. <laughs> yeah, they definitely let us know they're here. I do know the spirits like having you here. Since you just moved here, what, was it eight, six months ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they really were welcome. I could feel how welcoming those ghosts were. Oh, yeah. To you being here. It's almost like they find, finally, we've opened up a place that resonates with what, who, with what we like or what, how we feel. So that's why it's so easy to have conversations in this space. Mm-hmm. It's really a community of conversation here. It really is. And yeah. we've often, we've often felt like it was a vortex to be able to channel certain oh, types I think of energies so. and spirits and stuff like I that. I think so. Sure. And then the cool thing is, um, that we have a lot of the people here bring in, good, you know, different spirits and different energies and stuff too. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people that come see us and, and everything. So it's, it's a, it's a little party here sometimes. And I, you know, my mom passed away two, a couple of years ago, and I, I have, since we opened even in Littleton, and then when we moved here, my mom is in this space with us a lot, a lot. I definitely think she wanted me to do this, um, mm. this space, and, and, uh, she's on my team, so to speak, and she, she wants, she, she like has a lot of, she, well, she always loved angels too, and so, um, you know, it's kind of fun because I, well, as I said, I have a, I have a much better relationship with my mother now. I mean, not that we had a horrible one before, but but it's much um, bigger. Yeah, it is, and much more, much more fulfilling, and in some ways, yeah. yeah. I mean, I miss her too, but um, being here in flesh, you know, I miss that. But but yeah, I have a lot of conversations with her all the time. Here and I think you know. Does she have a message for for? Does she have an overarching message that she gives while she's here? Generally, you know, I think that it's it's a lot. It it, it really is about the positivity. I mean, like I'm on a my being here on this planet is for certain reasons, and um, I think it's supportive of that. It's it's just the positive vibe and you know she's on my team from that perspective right right and reminding you that all of your earthly worries are minuscule maybe or very very uh elementary compared to the bigger picture yeah what your bigger purpose is mm-hmm. absolutely that's great do you feel anybody in the store Rebecca so, specifically I, mean, I I have felt people in the store but uh, or animals, or animals, or other dimensional I don't have beings. Any animal experiences in here, but I've, I've definitely been aware of other presences in here in the time I've been here. Now, my, as we've talked about past episodes, my, my gifts are more of an empathic nature, so I'm clairsentient, which means that I, I pick up on feelings or emotions or things like that. I don't necessarily have the gift of being able to see apparitions or, I don't always have the ability to hear messages, although I can, I will get strong impressions of what messages are. Uh, my kids have those gifts. My kids can actually see, uh, uh, you know, spirits and hear 
them talking and things like that. And I, I don't have those gifts. But I do feel them, and I do feel their emotions, and I do get impressions of different messages. And I certainly have that experience being in this space. And Donna and I have had a couple of interesting... I'm looking at... We have a wall of tarot cards in here. And there was and one it's time... really where a, a lot of selection. It's a, a large selection of, of all kinds of tarot cards. But there was one time we were kind of embroiled in some... I guess you could say we were doing some planning stuff or trying to, you know, figure out some of the future of the the shop and what direction we wanted to go and stuff. And we had to yeah, leave. Yeah. yeah. So, we, so we both had to leave the shop that day and come back later. later. And uh, <laughs> we we left the shop. We locked it up. We closed all the doors and all. And there was nobody else in here in the time between we left and the time that she came back. And when she came back the next day, was it the next day? Or two that day, no, that, that day. day um, some of the some of the tarot cards had been knocked off the shelf. Not just knocked off the shelf, but like the box opened up and the cards spilled on the floor in such a fashion. It was like a reading. It was like oh, a reading. Wow. It like was laid out in like a reading. Relevant cards were face up and everything else was face, face down. down. And we actually have pictures of it and we will put the <laughs> photos yeah, on the those up. Those are really, that's a very interesting thing. But that thing. message that appeared in those cards was very specific to Donna's mm-hmm. situation. Yes, it was. And it, it was, was you could not have created that no. out of the blue. It was mm-hmm. a very specific message to her. Yeah. And then there have been times that I've been here alone because I typically am the last man out on the days that I'm here and mm-hmm. I will stay here sometimes till ten, eleven o'clock at night working on different things. And so I'm here long after the cleaning crews have left and all that kind of stuff. And there have definitely been some times that I've been aware of somebody in the space with me that I couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been aware. Nothing malicious. It's never been anything. Oh, no. The spirits or, here are very positive. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely welcoming. aware that I'm, I'm not alone. Right. I Where, think that's great. By contrast, when I go to leave and I walk outside of our space and I, I go and I turn my back to lock the door, because you kind of have to turn around, lock the door, and then exit into the parking lot, there have been times in, in the dark, however, that I've exited and locked the door and immediately had the whole standing up of my house oh. feeling like I was being watched. And our rear parking lot is very, very dark at night. Mm. And so it's definitely one of those that I will hightail it into my car and get gone. <laughs> but I never feel that inside of no. our shop. Ever. No, it does feel very protected. And I, and I think the spirits here really love philosophical conversation. Oh, yeah. Which oh, I is think so what, too. why the podcasts are so easy for us to... We kind of, we do them so much without a script and, you know, we have a topic and we talk and I think we're inspired as we go because a lot of the energy is so supportive here. Oh yeah, I agree. So one of the things, since this is our ghost issue and it is that time of year, I wanted to kind of find out from you guys, have you ever had a specific encounter with a spirit? that left an impression, and would you mind sharing that with our listeners who are maybe somewhat interested in hearing stories of those natures? I have, I have so many, I can't <laughs> even begin to, to go down the list, but I'll tell you one that has, has always really stood out to me. 
was after my son's father died. Um, you know, it was within the first year and I was, uh, pretty, you know, pretty sad and whatever, you know, and I, um, I didn't sleep a lot. Uh, I'd stay up really late, two o'clock in the morning, um, reading and things like that. And I had, when I had married him, my mother had made, uh, or maybe when my son was born, my mother had made us this little family of rabbits she had sewn. And so there was a mama and a daddy and a baby rabbit. And they, and I had this big headboard that was pretty high above my head. And those rabbits were just sitting up on top of that headboard. And it was like a old waterbed headboard. So it had, it was like shelves and stuff, you know. And, oh, yeah. um, so <laughs> very they, solid. Very yeah. Stable. Yeah. They were just sitting up there. And I was, and I was just laying in my bed reading very quietly. I mean, there was, I wasn't even moving around or anything. And, um, pretty soon one, one of those rabbits just kind of came, it flipped off the top and kind of landed on the bed. And I <laughs> looked at him and I was like, hello. <laughs> And then the na- another one came down. Funny to down. And then the third one. You know, it was all very deliberate, and it all there was like <laughs> a, there was like a process. Yeah, it wasn't like the headboard shook violently and they all came down. It was like one came down, and then the other one, <laughs> the other one, and you know, I knew that was uh, my son's father, and. Um, you know, I had a nice conversation with him at that point, but, but that was fun because, you know, uh, that was completely unmistakable who was talking to me, you know, with the rabbits. So, cool. yeah. Well, mine's a little bit different and it actually involves what I would think was an angel. Oh. And my view is that, um, this is a whole other podcast, but angels really only help generally when we ask. So they have the, I, I keep getting this, I always get this impression or this download that if you want our help, you have to ask because there's a set of rules on the mm-hmm. other side that says we well, have to observe until you ask for help, except in emergency circumstances where you are, where you're not supposed to go yet and where we can intervene in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, I was driving my mom home from the airport. I, I can't remember if it was the airport. I, I remember it was the direction back from the, the Denver airport one time. And there was a semi-truck um, really close behind us or somewhere near us. And we had just an incredible near miss. And literally something kind of took over the car and did what it was supposed to do to miss that, to miss a collision that would have been really bad. Oh, wow. At that time. So it was almost like this, um, oh, <laughs> you're getting a message. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's really interesting that the phone rang during that. So right. I think that's a confirmation that I, that I'm right and that I'm not making this up because I truly felt it. But anyway, so the, the, it's like my, it's like this unconscious part of myself took over, kind of directed the car where it was supposed to be and avoided this potentially really catastrophic situation. And so that was my, that's the one I don't have, I don't have a ton of stories about um, encounters with, with spirits, um, except for, you know, during my readings and stuff where I can 
where I get somebody tapping at me, and mm-hmm. it's not a physical tap, but, like, to give someone the message, and I don't consider myself a medium either. But I do give messages from people that have passed over that are specific to reading clients, but it only ha- it does not happen by my volition. It happens in the space of the reading because I give the reading space to do whatever the reading is supposed to do. So sense. every reading is different, and that's sometimes what happens, and sometimes somebody doesn't come through. Right. But anyway, it was that it's that one experience where I felt like something took over, and it felt like an angelic presence, like an Archangel Michael experience, take over and kind of guide me out of that danger immediately. Um, and it was, and I always will remember that. It, it gave, it was, yeah, absolutely. So I thought it was interesting the phone ring during that. So <laughs> yeah. was, I, I, could, I talk about that as a confirmation, kind of like when we're doing readings, when I see lights flicker, it's like, yep, you're right on, you're right on, you've got this one, you know what I mean? And I always point out to the clients, you see the lights flickering? It's, it's a confirmation. So mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, they have different ways of, of showing us, and we're always being shown things, and are we aware? So that's the spirits and the ghosts showing us. So that's that's my experience that I can that comes to the top of mind. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? Well, and like you guys, like I've had so many encounters that I could classify or qualify as encounters Mm -hmm. with spirit of some sort. Um, that it's really hard to, like you said, just pick one. But I do, I will talk about one because it is kind of the fall and autumn time of year. And my grandmother's birthday is right around Thanksgiving time. So by the time we publish this podcast, it'll be, you know, weeks before or days before her birthday. And so it just seems kind of appropriate to share this one. But when my grandmother, uh, passed away, I was very, very close to my grandma. She, uh, was, for a long time, my main caregiver while my mom worked and was a single mom. And then once my mom and dad got married, uh, I still spent a lot of time with my grandma. We were very close, and she wasn't necessarily as close to my brother or my cousins. So I kind of had a really special relationship with her. And then when when her life came to an end, she got you know very very ill and was in the hospital for a time, and and eventually was moved to my home for her hospice care, mm-hmm. where she only lived another 13 hours before mm-hmm. she passed away, mm-hmm. which her her whole thing was she wanted to be in my home. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be with me. That's what oh. felt right to her. So once That's we got her really situated special. there, yeah, she was able to let go. And, and there's a whole story about that that I'll share on another podcast as well. But, but she passed away in June of that year. And so... I am the family host for the Thanksgiving dinner in my home. Mm -hmm. So all of my family, my brother and all of his kids, and used to be my parents, now just my dad, and all of my kids and their spouses and children and all that kind of stuff, collect at my house for Thanksgiving, and I do the Thanksgiving dinner. And that's kind of our big family tradition that we all look forward to every year and we've done it every year as long as anybody can remember but it also is both of my grandmother's birthday who are both deceased um but my my main both of their birthdays birthdays. oh wow and now i have a grandson whose birthday is in that same (laughs) um but the year she had my my maternal grandmother passed away, and we'll we'll call her Elsie because she would absolutely hate that. She was my <laughs> Anne in life. But if you can picture 
uh, Lucille Ball in the character of of Lucy Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Right. That was my grandmother. That was the, oh. the Hollywood embodiment of my grandmother. Looked like her, same kind of personality, personality, yes. So, <laughs> so if you can get that visual in your head. And so we had our Thanksgiving dinner the year she passed away. And I have special holiday dishes. I know that a lot of, you know, American moms have their holiday dishes, and I'm no different. I have my Thanksgiving dishes that only come out at Thanksgiving. (laughs) And at the end of the meal, we collect all the dishes, we wash them, we count them, we pack them up, put them away until next year because they're special dishes, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a, a set of very special silverware that we had had our dinner, we collected all of the dishes, I washed all the dishes, we were packing them back up. Now, by this point, all of the... All of the sibling and his family and uh, had had gone home, so it was just my kids who had gone on to do whatever they did. They were ranging in age from three years old to teenagers at that point, and then my parents had made their exit as well. Mm-hmm. But we're putting this silverware away in the box that it goes in, and we're missing one fourth. And we cannot find that fork to save wow. our lives. We combed to that house, and it was there when we started, so we knew it couldn't have gone very far. I couldn't imagine any reason my brother or his kids would no, take it home with them, right? Not. So yeah. we're, we're knowing it's got to be there somewhere. We just can't find it. So this goes on for probably about two hours that we ripped that house apart trying to find this fork. And um <laughs> I'm... Giving up at this point, we put everything else away, all the dishes are washed, every surface is clean, it's getting late, it's time to wind down for the evening, and I'm I'm just, I I can't look for it anymore, I just can't, there's nowhere else to look. Right. And so I'm in the the kitchen area of my home, and I'm putting stuff back in the cupboards, finish the last thing, turn around to the dining table, and smack dab in the middle of that dining table is that fork. No way. Wow. Way. So here's what makes it funny. And I knew, I knew the minute I saw it, that was my grandmother playing a prank on me. I Uh knew it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And part of the reason that I knew it is in her last days before she went into hospice, um, she was in a home and she was kind of not very communicative at that time. She had had um, involuntary amputation, complications from diabetes. So she was, you know, kind of depressed and sad and not feeling herself and not really wanting to engage with anybody who worked at the center. Um, so they would get her out of bed and wheel her into the dining room, and then they would wheel her back and go to get her ready for bed. And in the pockets of her house coat, they would find forks. When she had stolen forks from the dining room, and sometimes packets of salt, but the big thing was the fork. So they were always having to return forks she had stolen to the dining room. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that before I turned around and saw that fork. But in the whole evening leading up to seeing the fork in the middle of the table, it never even occurred to me that this could be any kind of communication from the other side. It wasn't until... I turned around and saw that fork sitting in the middle of the and table. And you just knew. And I it's knew. It's almost annoying, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I could almost hear her laughing mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. And to this day, I treasure that memory so much because I, I it was... Unmistakable. Unmistakable. Yeah. And I know she was letting me know that, you know, she was okay. 
and everything was going to be fine. And I just have carried that with me ever since. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So in the, in the spirit of ghosts, no pun intended, (laughs) those were some of the, some of the stories that I think kind of make this time of year kind of special for people like us who understand that there's a very thin veil between Mm -hmm. this reality and other realities and all other, other forms of consciousness, other energies and stuff like that. So I think part of the fun of this this part of the year is just being able to kind of share experiences like that and and to discover other people that you might have that in common with like you know opening that box up and finding out that other people have had their own experiences that for me are evidence of all of the things the three of us believe in oh yeah and just in ways that can't be argued with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think the veil, the veil per se, continues to get thinner and thinner, so it's so much harder to even deny, just like, again, with the technology and all of the information at our fingertips, I think it's blown out of the veil. Like, right. I think the veil is just like a, like a, a crumbling paper sack that's starting to shred. Right now, it's so thin that um, that we're starting to really see year-round and, and, and people that normally don't notice these oh, yeah. kind of things, ghosts and spirits, mm-hmm. are way more aware now mm-hmm. of, of the illusory nature of life and how and how it really does kind of work behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> We could, we could probably have a whole, um, show, I mean, a whole other podcast going, you know, like simultaneously with this one note. It would be our paranormal experiences. I, I think that I'm going to make a note of that and I'm going to encourage the three of us to maybe consider adding that as part of our, and we'll let you guys know once we make that decision and either move forward or don't on that. But yeah, I think we have, there are so many experiences we could share that I feel like would give hope to a lot of people who maybe are questioning or have doubts or need to have some sort of validation. Yeah. Yeah. That there is so much more than just what we can see and feel and understand in our current condition. There's just so much more to the big picture. And yeah. I, I do like you feel that, you know, what we think of as ghosts or spirits are definitely a representation of that in, in a lot of ways. Do we have time for one more quick question? Sure. Okay. Um, I had something written down and I'm just going to kind of bring it up and it could, let's just make it short because I'm sure that we, the podcast is probably getting longer. So, um, anyway, um, what, my question to Donna, since she's the one that proposed the mm-hmm. topic and kind of, um, is running the topic today is, uh, demonic. What is the difference between Whoa. a spirit and a demonic energy? <laughs> so you said I, poltergeist earlier. Uh, is that the same what thing? I'm or is that different? I'm going to say to that is let's do a whole other episode <laughs> on that. That answer is huge. Can yeah. you give a little bit of a, of a bite on what is that? A, is that the same thing as a ghost or not? I don't feel, I don't believe that they are. No. Okay. Um, and I can tell you that there's some, the way demons are created and stuff can come through from a ghost, but it's not the same to me. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell you some, it's very different energy. And uh, yeah, that's why I didn't want to even venture into that that Love world that. because it's its own it's its own topic and it's huge. I mean, okay. we could do several shows on demonic energy. Okay, I just wanted to clarify whether or not crossed over. That's I'm very specific when I talk about. That's why I say spirits. I crossed over or earthbound spirits. Those are the only two. They were people that were living in bodies that died. And that, that's what we're, that's what this episode to me has been about. Okay. Those spirits. Okay. Okay. Understood. I just wanted to kind of clarify that because I know people will be thinking about that. Oh yeah. Thinking about ghosts. Yeah. And a lot of people. Because ghosts and demons go together in the same sentence in in Hollywood. For a lot of people. Yeah. Hollywood. Hollywood. Absolutely. And for a lot of people, they automatically lump in experiences with, with spirits or ghosts as being of demonic nature. And I guess I would like to clarify that no, they're absolutely not. I, I don't think they are at all. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and we will come back to that and address that in a yeah, future episode. Absolutely. I think that's a great topic as well. Donna, is there anything you would like to add uh, before we close it out today from our studio at Calling All Angels in Lakewood, Colorado? Well, just... Years ago, I read, I mean, years ago, I read a book by, or someone told me about a book that they read about James Von Prague, and one of the advices in that book was, you know, if you see a spirit or, you know, if some, uh, you know, uh, you have a visitation, try not to be afraid and just try to talk to the spirit. And that was, I think, kind of had, had maybe just had that, advice in mind when when those rabbits came floating down I thought oh you know that was Michael and so I I welcomed him and asked him if he had things to say and it's kind of interesting so I think I think if you can do your best to not be afraid of of those those kind of things um it can be it can open up a whole new world so I suggest you give it a try oh I have one more since it's that time of year I have one more little story to tell. Okay. Wonderful. Um, it was Halloween. I was, let's see, how old was I at the time? I was living in Arvada, Colorado, at an apartment complex with my mom. I was nine years old, I think. And there was a girl named Elvira. And I'm not kidding. Her name was Elvira. That was her real name. That's so good. And we, she used to kind of taunt me. She was older. We'd walk to school together. She would kind of treat me like a little brother. Uh-huh. Um, real, like we were good friends, but she made it clear that she was had the upper hand type of a thing. Uh-huh. I, have we ever had friends like that? Uh-huh. So she kind of had the upper hand in the friendship because she was the elder. <laughs> and um, there was it was Halloween night. Actually, of my tenth year, ninth or tenth, I think it was I was nine because I was in fourth grade at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd have to, I'd have to really come back. Um, yeah, right around nine. And um, they, my mother had forbid me to go outside and play in costume with the other children. So, so no, you're staying in. Everybody else was outside playing costumes and kind of being ornery. Mm-hmm. And Elvira was one of those people, and she kind of was held court. She was the type of girl that held court, kind of, <laughs> kind of ran the show. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, uh, that night, uh, when I was asleep, um, there was a busy street, and it's called Wadsworth. 
Mm-hmm. And it was right near our com- apartment complex mm-hmm. um, over in Arvada. And it was right on the edge of the apartment complex. And the next morning, my mother woke me up and said Elvira was oh, hit by a car no. in her costume. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always found that to be really eerie, that that was her name. And that, mm-hmm. and I could, kind of, you know, looking back, I could kind of tell she was here for a short time. Mm-hmm. She was very, very honorary, and she was always pushing the limits on some level. Does that make sense? She yeah, wasn't. Okay. She wasn't a bad kid, but I could tell that she was a little. That that was. I, I wasn't shocked. Uh-huh. I was at the time, but I just remember her in the days after me being that young, and the days and weeks after she would come to me, but she would look different in visitation dreams mm. and let me know she was okay. Mm-hmm. And that she was still there. Mostly that she was still there. Uh, and she was, it was, those were my first visitation dreams. They were very clear. And I, I just, you know, the irony of her name and the, and the holiday always stuck with me. And whenever I drive by, because we, I still live in Denver, but Arvada is close by, or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I still drive by the exact same spot and I can feel her, her energy there. Mm. And be, it was an accident. The, right. the, it was an accident. It was nobody's fault. Uh, uh, she was, you know, they were they were playing chicken across the street, apparently back and forth, kind of playing with fire, mm. and that's what happened. And but anytime I pass by there, that is a very sacred space for me mm. because of what happened that night. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of ends. <laughs> My, or that, that's a real significant experience for me. That she came back because I had, you know, I was too young to create. She's going to come see me. So I was very traumatized and sad by it. But she came back, let me know she was still there and was many different times. So not just once, but four or five different times. Uh, And then she didn't come back again. So. Well, yeah, story. That it is. is. And it's a true so story. I swear it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on that note, happy listener, if you have an encounter with a spirit or a ghost that you'd like to share, we want to hear about it. Absolutely. Feel free to tell us in the comments related to this episode or email us at callingallangelsdenver at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your story and possibly share it on the air in a future episode. And also, if you would like to hear more of our paranormal encounters, let us know that in the comments as well while we're deciding the future of the energy of. And with that, today was our energy of ghosts episode. I'm Rebecca. I'm Donna. And this is David. Tune in next time to The The Energy Energy of Podcast. Good, you guys. Alright, let's get around. Yeah, I forgot about that till the last minute. And it was, and it came to, and I think she just nudged me. She was like, hey, don't forget this one. Yeah. Oh my god, I have so many stories. I know, I think we should do episodes where we just talk about just those things. That would be so cool. I mean, but what are the chances a girl named Elvira on Halloween night dies playing chicken in her costume being hit by a car? That's crazy. All right, it's going to take this one a few minutes to save. Okay.
Oh, I think that was a confirmation. Yeah, probably. And I think it'll really play well well on the podcast. My son was, um, he said, I was going to just ask you about what you said on the phone yesterday, and he gave me this whole big thing, and I'm like, we didn't even talk on the phone yesterday, and I don't know what you're talking about. I've never talked to you about that thing. Well, of course, Rush, because he's so he's so between the bells. And he goes, "Oh my God!" He said, "Maybe that was a dream." He said, "I've been having where I'm having a hard time distinguishing between dreams and reality." I love those. I actually really like that when that happens. (laughs) Like we didn't even talk yesterday. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Not a friend. Real bad. I'm like, well, are you okay? <laughs> Absolutely. So, very interesting. I'm about. I have some really big plans for real estate that I've really been ruminating on. So, going to that other company, I'm going to get an IDX website, and then we're going to get this the into the website up, and I've got big plans for. Good. For video marketing and whatnot. Well, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's do it. And stuff.